Welcome to 20% Time, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of Titan, a web consultancy based out of Chicago, but entirely remote with employees across North America. We specialize in Laravel, a PHP framework, which we're often pairing with any number of JavaScript frameworks, libraries, or whatever we have to do to get the job done. I'm your host, Dave Hicking, and this week I'm joined by Marge, the Ops and Content Manager at Titan for a a slightly different episode of 20% Time. So we're doing a season concept. Uh, This is episode 10 of this season. If you haven't heard episodes one through nine, I highly recommend. I mean, I'm biased, but I highly recommend you go check that out. Um, And this week I'm joined once again by Marge, who was previously on the show to talk about me, sort of. This is going to be a little unusual. Marge, you're interviewing me today. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Dave. I'm glad you are willing to be interviewed. Usually you're on the question side of the mic instead of the answer side. That's that's true. You're you're turning the tables on me today. I'm sure after the the relentless grilling I gave you during your episode, you are prepared. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I'm very excited to talk with you today, Marge. Um what are we talking about today, Marge? I'm actually excited to talk to you today too because we're going to talk a little bit about some concepts like tours of duty and what offboarding looks like at Titan and role shaping and career paths at an agency. Um, And I was excited to talk to you because you are unique in that you are someone at Titan who actually quit and came back. So you've had two tours of duty here, which is really fascinating um, for a variety of reasons. One of them being that you used to have my job. So I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. So with that, uh, Dave, first question, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, wow. Where do I even start with that? Uh, I know she was on the other foot. So, uh, my name is Dave. I'm the uh, production manager here at Titan, which is a title that means a lot of things, but doesn't often mean anything specific to one individual person. So I'm sure we'll talk about what that title means and why I have it. Um, I live in Connecticut. I have a long history in any number of IT and project and process and ops related things. I'm truly a generalist. And being a generalist is kind of an interesting thing to be, especially because that sometimes means that you can get tossed to the side or, you know, at a very big organization, uh, a generalist can sometimes have a bit of of, of a deficit that they're working off of because there aren't, you know, you, you don't have that specialized, um, skill necessarily that, you know, that the company might need at any given one at any given point in time, but for a small group or a small agency or any small company, I'm pretty biased. I think you kind of want some generalists around because every day is different. You never know what you're getting yourself into. And sometimes you, you you need somebody who can do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah, I find that to be very true for an agency as well. Um, so going back to tours of duty yeah. and this being your second, we have a concept called tour of duty. What does that mean? Like, How would you define that for someone who maybe hasn't heard of that concept before? Yeah, I think it's a really I think it's a really healthy concept to have for any company, right? It's the idea that, you know, if you're a business owner, you're, you know, you're going to employ any number of people, you know, during your time owning that business. Some of them, you know, could stay for a decade. Some of them could stay for 2, 3, 4 years, and that's totally fine, right? Like people are going to come to your company, they're going to leave your company because situations change. They need to move, they need to do this, they have to do whatever. And 
that's like totally okay. And there should be no hard feelings, which is hard, right? People, especially at a small company, right? People can, you can start to feel like family almost, or even beyond, you know, maybe not quite family, but certainly good friends. And it's like, why is my friend leaving me? You know, all of a sudden you're like back in the first grade and it's like, why is my friend not my friend anymore? You know? And it's like, well, that's not... It's not really this betrayal. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, actually when I, when I gave my notice at Titan four years ago, almost, wow, it's been almost four years actually, since I gave my notice at Titan the first time around, I was really worried because I was like, we were eight people at that time. And I was like, oh, we're a small company, you know, this, you know, Dan and Matt are just going to be, you know, and of course they were total adults and professionals about it. And they were really, they were really healthy about it. So to me, the idea of a tour of duty is this, again, it's this concept that, there is no one set length of time for how long a tour of duty is, right? It's not like a tour of duty is four years or five years or two years or 10 years, but everybody has a tour of duty that they will do at every company. It depends on what's right for them and what the situation is. But if you sort of go into it with that understanding, then you're already going to be ready for the, the fact that, you know, some point that person's going to leave. And from the employee's point of view, you know, if you know that your company has this concept of a tour of duty, that might provide a little less anxiety because it can be anxious as an employee when you go and you're like, I, I mean, assuming that you don't hate your bosses and you're not trying to like, you know, light a bridge on fire on your way out the true. door. But very true. Um, you know, if, if it's this healthy idea of, oh, I've seen this other person, you know, last year, this other person gave their notice and it was really healthy. And we had a little party or virtual party or whatever and said goodbye to them. And I still talk to them on the internet and yeah, everything's fine. You know, like it, it's a totally different or maybe not totally different. It is a, it is a reframing of the very fraught process of, of leaving a company. Yeah. And leading nicely into the next question, actually, um, what is it like to quit Titan? So framing that more specifically, what does that process look like? And what did that look like for you? Hmm. So, I mean, the process for me was, Okay, so uh, let me let me start with uh, let me go back. Um, so 2014 is when I joined Titan the first time around. Uh, Titan was seven people at that point in time, and uh, my job title was operations manager when I started at Titan. And that for you know for a company then of eight people, that job was split into two, and that job was half of what Marge does now because we were a smaller company and it didn't take nearly as much time. And that's HR stuff, right? It's, do we have a good 401k? Does payroll happen on time? What are we going to do when health insurance raises the premium, you know, next year? You know, all those fun things, you know. Yeah. All the things that I know quite well these days. We we have people in multiple states. Which unemployment insurance thing do I have to go track down today, right? Like there's there's a certain number of things. There there are both, when when I started at Titan in 2014 in that role, there were both sort of big picture projects like we need to shore up the following systems because we were growing as a company and we, you know, it was time to, to get better systems into place. Um, and also the day to day, you know, okay, payroll happens. This happens once a year, these following things happens once a quarter, these following things happens and sort of making sure that that all, uh, was taken care of. Additionally, I was to be a project manager. And so we were small enough that once you subtract Matt and Dan, eight people. Oh, and myself. Now we're with, now we're down to five, right? So we had five other developers and contractors coming in around. And then we sort of grew over time, but we didn't have a ton of, of devs. So we didn't have a ton of projects to manage. So it was 
totally feasible for me to both manage a couple projects and take care of of, of those things for Titan because we were we were a smaller company. Um, eventually, we started to grow. My uh, responsibilities grew a little bit. My titles tweaked to be operations director now. You know, very fancy. I needed like a monocle when I put when I when I when I put that on. <laughs> um, you know, uh, really also indicating that at that point uh, we had hired uh, Chelsea, former employee of, of Titan, who friend of Titan always uh, talk about. That's another great example of a tour of duty. Um, and she sort of kind of reported to me mo- mostly. I, I helped direct her work, and so that plus additional things they're like okay you are now operations director but same idea um so i had that job and it was great um working for titan i mean this is i recognize i'm sort of shilling for the company here right but i I really enjoyed my time my time working at titan um for me working remotely was a challenge the first time around i am somebody who likes to talk to other people surprise surprise i do this podcast for titan right um i like to talk to the people and sometimes if you don't set up your situation sort of correctly, or if you don't go into it the right, right with the right mindset, or if you don't do other things outside of work, working remotely, making that shift can be lonely. It can be kind of isolating. And so I wanted to change. Um, I was missing, um, I, you know, I, I was missing a bit the experience of working on, uh, on a college campus. I had done that for 10 years before that plus the remote. And also, you know, the, on the HR side of things, we had finished a lot of those big projects. And so now we're down to the day today. And I was, I sort of felt, I was like, you know, I've done some good stuff. I made an impact. I have left Titan in a better place. And for me, I was like, you know, I don't know if remote was right for me at that point. So moved on. I went to go work at Yale's Beinecke Library for 20 months. <laughs> and Too long, Dave. It was too long. That's- my biased opinion, you know, my sabbatical from Titan, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I, and then I came back to Titan uh, in a in a slightly different role um, with some different structures and me sort of in a different place in my career and and sort of I think ready to to jump back into being remote at Titan. That's awesome, and I think you raise a valid point that when people first start working in a remote environment, it's not always with full information of what is this experience going to be like for me. So I think as we're talking tours of duty um, and quitting, what does that look like and what does that mean? And I think having a tour of duty concept is very helpful because it gives a framework for saying, yeah, I've learned what I wanted to learn and I've gained some more knowledge and experience. And I know based on that knowledge and experience that this isn't the right fit for me right now. So that that's, I think, a helpful framework for people to consider. I, I think it's also, I think it's useful for any job, right? No matter if it's remote or or whatever else, to allow yourself some grace for maybe I didn't understand what I thought I wanted in the first place, right? We're all human. And, yep. you know, what, what I thought I wanted when I went to Yale, uh, which was an interesting place to work, right? Um, if any of my former Yale colleagues are listening to this, please know I really enjoyed working with you. But my situation there was sometimes a bit frustrating, right? Um, it was a f- it was a fascinating glimpse at a different side of academia. Before Yale, I worked at the University of Connecticut, right, a very large land grant university. So I thought I was like, look, I was going to Yale. I was like, listen, I know libraries. I worked at a library. I know academia. I understand bureaucracy, hoops. I get it all. I get it all. Um, of course. 
that amount of hubris really just, you know, sets you up for the fall. It wasn't really a fall. It was more like a, oh, so Yale has a totally different set of problems, but also opportunities. And I had a boss there who was more than happy to let me not run wild, but he was like, yeah, you've got this energy. You want to come and you want to do this stuff. We're aligned on what we want to do. This is great. And I went out and I did it. Right. But I got to a point where uh, Yale is um, not just a bureaucracy, but a system of bureaucracies. And it is a very large ship that takes a very long time to steer. And I was, you know, driving 45 to 65 minutes each way in a car every day to try to steer a very large boat that because, you know, it is a somewhat traditional Ivy League university. I was sometimes wondering, does this whole boat actually want to move? In the direction that I want to move it in, and it's a very long way. It's very. It's a lot of time to spend in the car, to to try to to try to steer a ship that you're sometimes not sure if it wants to be steered. So, I wasn't really even looking, but instead, what happened is Matt and Dan were like, "Hey, we want to reframe the role that you used to have. You were the last person to do it. Uh, would you would you do us a favor and take a look at this job description to see if this is." sort of accurate for for what you used to do. And I looked at it and I was like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I said, and I thought I was like, listen, like, I because I was still, I'm sure we'll talk about this in a sec. I was still friendly with Titan. I was still chatting with them and I wanted to keep it that way, not just for future potential opportunities, but just because Titan is, I'm pretty biased, but full of good people with good intentions who I enjoy knowing in real life, online, et cetera. So I was like, listen, I'm assuming that you didn't ask me if I was interested because you want to go in a different you know, direction. I was like, that's totally cool. I just want to get that on the table. Um, and then I started to like get feedback and Matt and Dan effectively said, oh, well, if you, if you're interested, you can have the job. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And, you know, um, I took some time with my wife, Marissa to kind of reflect on, do I want to move? Cause I wasn't really actively looking. Um, what would I do differently? You know, would remote be okay for me this time? Would I get, would I feel isolated? What would be different about that? And I talked with Matt and Dan. We put some structures into place, like Dave gets to rent a space in his town. I mean, not just Dave, like Titan pays for folks to have co-working spaces. Yeah, we do that. We do that for everyone, honestly. If it works better for them to have co-working space to be more productive and effective at their job, it's like, yep. That's your option. If you'd prefer a home office, that's your option. I'm also biased. Uh, I admit it. I think Titan's the best at taking care of people. And, you know, admittedly, it's part of my job. And so, of course, I'm biased. But yeah. So, so, so I'm going to. I was just going to say continue. real quick. Yeah. Sorry. So for me, you know, I wanted, I was like, okay, well, if I have a place where I'm like going to work every day, but, you know, it's a five minute commute. And on the days I want to work from home, I can still work from home and I get that flexibility. And my job was a little differently, right? Titan was now bigger. We had Marge to handle HR things. And so my job was going to, yes, to do project management, but also to more broadly across all of our clients, on the even if it didn't have sort of dedicated project management um, or if it just needed light project management, but to have sort of a general overall high level understanding of what's going on, working with Dan to sort of handle client relations. And it's an interesting role. Um, it, I hope suits me relatively well. I think I'm doing okay. And, uh, and yeah, I decided to come back. Yeah. Oh, there's so many questions that I'm like, okay, first we're going to circle back a little sure, bit. Sure. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was gonna... talking for a long time, Marge. 
no, that is, it's okay. Cause it's all good stuff. It's like, this is all connecting in with some of the things I wanted to talk about. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to reframe this question. But going back, um, you'd mentioned Chelsea as still being a friend of Titan and that you were still in touch um, while you were on your sabbatical. We do have a policy at Titan of keeping our alumni, um, our external word is alumni, our internal term is quitters, in some of our Slack channels. <laughs> no, they're not quitters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. Designed as are with designated with friends channel. Um, did that have any influence in your decision to come back? Like having, being able to know you're still a part of our community. Cause I think we just adopt our colleagues. At least this is my internal vision. I'm like, we adopt our colleagues as our friends. And so when someone leaves, I'm like, Oh, they left me. It's that sort of feeling of betrayal, but it's also that, no, they're not really leaving. We're still in touch. And we, we like to keep that door open to, to connection to that network of, okay, you're going off and doing great things and we still want to know what's going on with you. Did that, did that have an influence in your decision to come back? And is that similar or different from past experiences you've had with companies? That's interesting. I, I mean, it definitely had an influence in, the t- in terms of, uh, you know, uh, because I was still in Titan Slack and I could like, you know, when, when Dan asked me to look at the job description, he like DM'd me in the Titan Slack, you know, um, and I had a Slack, I had other Slacks I was still in. So, uh, you know, it was just one more, one more message in a day. So it was, uh, of course, less formal. It wasn't like, you know, I had to go through some process. It wasn't like some big reach out or anything like that because, you know, I, I already knew the folks at Titan. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, it was weird because on the one hand, Titan had grown quite a bit since I, I was, I was previously there. So there were some familiar faces, but there was people who I'd only met once before. Cause I, you know, met, met everybody at a dinner after, you know, during Laracon, I think the year before I came back and, um, you know, it was like, Oh, we've got all kind of a whole new crew here. And it was kind of, you know, kind of funky, but, um, but yeah, I don't know if it, if it, if it really contributed to it, I would say maybe not specifically the Slack channel, but certainly the way that things left with, with Titan, right? There truly were absolutely no hard feelings. Um, they were very excited for me. I, you know, it didn't have to be a Slack channel, right? It could have been, you know, just informal, like, hey, how are you doing? How's it going? Could have been Twitter interactions. It could have been anything, right? But like, yes, it was this notion of like, oh yeah, it wasn't this very cold, formal, you are now done, right? Like Titan- You are dead I'm, to us. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't I'm, do that really. Well, and some of that is because Titan is small and completely remote, right? It's not like yes. when you give a notice, give notice to Titan, you know, Marge doesn't march down to your cubicle and say, put your stuff in a box, you're out of here, which right. is still how some large corporations work. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a great answer. To that. And what was the, what was the second part to your question, Marge? The second part was how is leaving a small agency mm. different from leaving a larger agency or larger institution like how how has that experience differed for you like what are some of the i guess advantages and drawbacks to both i don't know if i'm the best person to give this answer because i've only quit three jobs in my life that's totally fine because it's very subjective but also this is i think an area where people don't necessarily talk about what is it like if you leave a small agency versus what is it like if you leave a big company and i think it's it's a space where there can be some, here's what it was like, uh, just as a person, not as a, here's an institutional process. So when I left UConn, I had been there effectively, I mean, because I worked there as a student. So I started working at UConn when I was 17 and I left when I was 31, which is 
when you're 31, that is a, is that right? 30? Yes, 31. That's a, tr- that's a really big chunk of a 31 year old's life. Um, yeah. 14 years is a lot. And when I started there, I was just a, you know, a fresh faced, you know, youth who was, uh, you know, helping to fix people's computers or make copies for folks at a, you know, at a desk in the library. And by the time I left, I was, um, you know, responsible for, you know, redesigning the website and I managed help desks and I was doing all sorts of stuff, which was great. But I, you know, that's a place where I definitely tried to make my own career path because, you know, if you are young and have the ability to do it, sometimes an organization where they have too much to do and not enough people is exactly what you want because they can just say, hey, you young kid, come on in. You've got ideas. We'll listen. If you think you can pull it off, you go at it. And it was a mix of that. And I was like, sure, I can do it. And I, you know, worked weekends and I did all the stuff that I would tell people never to do now. Right. Um, Because there effectively for me anyway, there was a ceiling, both in terms of, you know, we were in a union, um, which was really great for, uh, for, for a lot of things. But we also had um, one of the, one of the weird characteristics of working in higher ed is, especially if you're on the IT side, there's always a central IT and then there's often satellite ITs. So uh, the long history of academia technology is that it swings from centralized to decentralized and uh, it goes back and forth. It depends where you are in that curve. Um, so like currently Yale is swinging towards centralized, right? Um, as is as is UConn. But um, during their various swings to decentralized, there was established an IT department at the University of Connecticut Library. And so um, the job descriptions were all, because we're all in union, were all written and classified for people who worked in a very large IT department, which meant specialization. And since I'm a generalist and I over here, I manage some students and over here I do this and I kind of do some stuff. It was a bit of a square peg round hole kind of a thing. And so there really was, I got to a point where I think I just turned 30 and they had like reevaluated my job and somebody actually in HR told me, this is as far as you can go unless your boss leaves and you want to take his job. And I was like, that's a really weird thing to tell a 30 year old who's feeling kind of ambitious and is trying to like move up in the world. It's like, you've done it. Congratulations. You're 30. Hope your boss leaves. It's like, well, hold on. First of all, I don't even know if I want that job. It's like, really? That's all I can do. So when that happened, I sort of started looking and I was like, what else does the world have to offer? And the other part of it too is when, I mean, most people don't do this, but if you start working at a place when you are 17 and a half years old, there are going to be some people for whom you are always that 17 and a half year old kid who's like, you know, I would go, uh, one of the things I did at UConn is I worked on the library strategic plan. So like I'm supposed to be in like meeting with a high ranking person in in, an administration to, to talk about that. And they're like, could you uh, fix this thing with my printer? And I'd be like, "Uh, sure. I know how, but I manage students who you can call every hour of the day and they will come right down and do that for you. You know, I said that in a nice way, but it was, you know, they still saw me as the, as the kid who could fix their, fix their problems, which is, you know, again, happy to do it. But you get to a point where if you really try to work your way up through an organization and there isn't exactly a defined career path, sometimes you get pigeonholed. So I wanted to spread my wings a bit. Um, giving notice there was, I don't, my boss was not shocked. In fact, my boss is the one who told me about the opportunity at Titan. Um, we, uh, we were users of HelpSpot, which is a great uh, help desk ticketing system made by the fine folks at Userscape. 
Um, Ian Landsman uh, and his wife run Userscape. They are big friends of the Laravel community. And um, so I think we both followed Ian on Twitter, perhaps, but my boss saw a Lara Jobs job posting um, for the thing at Titan and he sent it to me. And then he went away on vacation, which was, you know, and then when he, by the time he came back from vacation, I told him that Titan had hired me. And he was, <laughs> he was, uh, I don't think he was super surprised, um, but he actually handled it, you know, pretty well, all things considered, right? I think, talk about a place that needs a tour of duty, right? Like, I think, he obviously knew that I had kind of bumped up against here's the limits of what the job that needed to be done. And, you know, that was fine. Um, I had to, it took a long time to untangle myself. I, I made Titan wait, I think six or eight weeks before I could start. I had to just untangle and unwrap and hand off this and this and this. And Titan was gracious and let me do it. Um, when I quit Titan, um, I, you know, when I quit Yukon, I didn't, feel that pit of dread in my stomach, right? It's a big organization. My boss knew I was looking, but even just in general, you know, it's so like, it's so, it's almost, it's the kind of place where sure I can tell my boss I'm quitting, but then he's like, look, you have to like formally send me this like note on like letterhead that says the file, you know, you got to do this whole thing. And I was like, okay, fine. So it's, it's a place that has a big enough HR department that you need those kind of things. Um, so because there was you know, a bit more formality to the structure. I didn't feel that kind of like, oh, you know, but Titan was, you know, small. Titan had kind of taken a chance on me, you know, and I'd grown a little bit of Titan and I appreciated that. And I felt like I was like, wow, I'm really letting them down, you know, which of course is, first of all, I'm not that important. And, and, and secondly, I was going to say Dave. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you know, uh, first, but that's what you think, right? It's like, first it's of all, I'm, I'm not that important, but also you know, we have a healthy work culture, like it's going to be okay, but I still dreaded it. And I really yeah. shouldn't have. I mean, I dreaded it to the point where one of the things that Yale uh, wanted out of me was they're like, yeah, we want to talk to uh, your your supervisor before everything's final. But they wanted to talk to them like the day I told Matt and Dan, they want to talk to Dan like the day I told him <laughs> that I'm leaving. And I was <laughs> like, that's a weird thing, right? I think they're of course used to like a much larger organization where it's like very formal and like HR notifies X, Y, and Z, you know, in this case, yeah. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to tell Dan and he's going to be mad. Of course, Dan was not mad and he was very happy for me and, and all that, but I still felt that, that kind of dread. And then when I left Yale, I didn't really feel a dread there either. I felt that's a place where if anything, I felt I was sort of worried, not because that they, that I was irreplaceable, but that the way that I know about how, uh, IT departments and places like that work. I was more worried, like, are they going to get this line, this salad, this job line back? Like, are they going to be able to like do the things just because that's how life works, right? Um, and when you work in a big place and you're aware of like, oh, well, you know, budget's kind of tight right now. And, you know, if I leave, they're going to use this as like a salary cutting maneuver. Like I, I was high up enough at, at the Yale library that I knew how all that worked. And so I approached it from that point of view. I was more like, Oh, hope they can keep this. I hope this is okay. Et cetera. Um, yeah. Not losing headcount because right. the position is, you know, the person holding it left. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, is a thing I never worried about four years prior when I left, when I left UConn, right. I wasn't, I was in no way like, Oh, I wonder if they're worried about headcount, right. I wasn't thinking about it that way. Um, and of course, leaving Titan, there's no, there is no headcount. I mean, the headcount is what Matt and Dan, talk with the financial folks and decide, yes, this is what the headcount is, right? That's their decision. It's not like there's some big approval process and someone has to get, oh, I've got a, I've got a line for a new dev, so I got to use it. Uh, Titan's not that kind of place. No, 
thank goodness that would be speaking for myself really frustrating like okay well we have this number of spots to fill and it feels very quota instead of very human and high touch that's some of my own small agency bias coming into play yeah for sure for sure all right so that leads into the next phase sort of and we've talked about this all the way through um but role shaping in career paths yeah so titan doesn't have a super hierarchical structure like we don't have that sense of when you were in the union like the next phase is you're taking your boss's job we don't really have that which i'm grateful for but it also means for some of the jobs that we do have as generalists there's not a clearly defined career path yeah so how how do you internalize that sense of career path and taking responsibility for shaping your own role that's a really good question because it's something I admit I sometimes struggle with. You know, um, we just hired uh, this year a new project manager at Titan, Gene, who's wonderful. And one of the things that we sometimes got asked during the hiring process was, you know, what's the career path for a project manager look like? And, uh, you know, thankfully we were somewhat prepared, but I'm not surprised that people ask that because, you know, there's no project management department at a small agency, at least an agency of our size. Right. Um, right. You know, if we doubled in size, would I could see a world where there's maybe, you know, PM, senior PM, head of PM, or something like that. So, sort of, if yep. you think of mimicking what we have on the dev side, where we do have um, a bit of a job of a career path, right? We have, um, I think we do we affect, we don't call them juniors anymore, right? We, no, we, we call them, a, it's apprentice. Right. We have apprentice, which was sort of different than junior. And then lead programmer and one principal. We have one so, principal. Yeah. So there, there is a bit of a career path, but that's on the dev side because we've got, you know, multiple devs and we, we, we have that and that works fine. On our side of the company, there just aren't that many things, right? There's, I'm the uh, production manager. We have Gene, who's a project manager. Um, but, you know, it's not like there's a, well, Dave, if you continue doing well in three years, we'll promote you to like there, there, there is none of that. So for me, I look at it in terms of what is, what, yeah, I said, are there gaps in what the company needs that aren't being filled that I can help fill in some way? Right. So if it's, well, we need to grow the project management practice and think about things at a high level. Great. Is it, you know, what we really, you know, and it's not that I can do everything. It's more like, I want to help Titan identify the things maybe we're either not good at or we need to be doing more of. And because we have some generalists trying to figure out, okay, what are some what are some holes I can fill, right? Maybe I have to stretch a little bit. Maybe it's a really easy right in my pocket kind of a thing, you know, like doing this podcast, right? We wanted to reboot it. I know how to do podcasts because I host another podcast and I've been doing it for a long time. So I'm like, that's an easy win. You don't have to twist my arm to do it. Um, I'm happy to do it. And so, but there are other things, right? Where it's like, you know, okay, Titan, mm, Titan could do more of this. And it's like, well, how do we do more of it? Right. We can say we want to do more of it, but like, what are the steps to doing more of it? Do we need outside talent? Do we need to have that be a, uh, you know, a possible, you know, career growth opportunity for somebody else who works at Titan, like, and, and, and understanding that. So I think it starts. So I would say like, if you're listening to this, if you're in a place where you're trying to define your own career path, I think knowing having awareness of what you yourself think you're good at versus what you're not good at. But then also you having an awareness of where you think your company uh, has opportunities for growth. And then also is your company, and I'm using company, of course, as some faceless, nameless, you know, robot of an organization, but, you know, does your administration, does your boss, do they have 
that's a share that same understanding is it a shared understanding of yep okay we're on the same page i see that you know so uh, i see that we need x y and z right if you work at a dev agency and you're listening to this and you're thinking you know it's like okay well you know we've we obviously need to get better uh at you know mobile app development because we're getting more of those projects so is that something i can do is that something somebody else is taking a, a shot at like how do we get there right because i think if you're trying to chart your own career path and you're not seeing things the same way as your boss you could end up shooting in a direction that they're just like well why did you spend time you know doing that right like if titan didn't have any interest in using a podcast to uh to talk about what happens at titan and to and to do to do this at all if they were just sort of like yeah we're not interested but i went ahead and spent all this time doing it anyway and i was like oh well titan obviously i need to expense money to get a new audio setup and all this if i went down this whole path and my bosses are like what are you doing we don't that's not an area for growth or something else if there was somebody else at titan who was like listen i know dave's got the podcast thing but i'm the real podcast expert so let me do my own like and i don't care if somebody else has a podcast at Titan, right but it's this notion of do you and your boss have a shared understanding of what are the opportunities is it fine if i go take a shot at it and you know sometimes if you are at a place where they're like either if your boss doesn't have that shared understanding or maybe they don't even want you to go in that direction and you are still interested that's where you go okay you file that away and if you're still interested, do you have time on the weekends, have time, uh, at, you know, at night or, or anything on your on your own time, maybe you get a little better and a little better and a little better because if you're interested in it and if you're sort of blocked from doing that at your own company, well, that might be a feather in your cap for when it, for when your tour of duty at your current place decides to come to an end. Awesome. I don't know why I said that. I said that very passively. Is this the tour of duty decides itself to come to an end? When you decide your tour of duty comes to an end. Right. And I think that is might be where I want to leave this because what I am hearing, I'm just going to very shortly sum this up, is what I think we appreciate as generalists at Titan is we have that ability and autonomy to shape our role and we get to do it in an environment with open and transparent communication and a high level of trust to say, here's the thing I'm interested in. Here's the thing I'm really good at. Is there space here for me to do that? And if not, is it okay if I do this somewhere else? Um, and I really appreciate that about Titan. Uh, so last question, yeah. anything else you'd like to share with us about tours of duty and role shaping and being a quitter and then coming back? I think, I think sometimes when people think role shaping, they think in terms of title or salary progression, right? Where they're like, first I'm a junior, then I'm mid, then I'm a senior, then I'm a lead. And I get all these things along the way. And depending on where you work, that might be the sort of ladder that is, that is ahead of you. And, and that's totally fine. If you're in a place where you don't have that ladder, then I, I think it gets kind of people feel uneasy because they don't see the plan that's laid out for them. So I would say if you, if you are in a place like that, I would encourage you, like, hopefully you have somebody who is uh, your HR contact, right? You could certainly talk to them about the, the idea of, Hey, I want to know what my career path is. And that feels like a weird, maybe I'm not comfortable talking to my manager. Uh, maybe you have somebody else at your company you can talk to, but I would just advise people not to stew at it, stew on, sort of to, to sit with it and get frustrated because you don't see that clearly defined thing ahead of you. Not every company, I'll be honest, not every company is going to be open to the idea that you're going to want to push or grow or, or whatever. And I, I don't just say that just to say Titan's a great one because we do, but it's true, right? Some places they hire you to do a role and that's how they see it. 
But what you want to do is you, it's helpful to know that that is actually true. Don't assume that that's true just because there is no defined career path. My hope is that for many of you, you know, even if there is no clear defined career path, I don't, you know, hopefully your bosses, their bosses, somebody is going to be able to provide you with a bit of an opening, right? Something, something that you can do. And that's not always the case. And maybe that's a good indicator that, you know, might be time for my tour to do to come to an end. But I would just encourage people to not assume that you have no options to shape a career path just because one wasn't provided to you. And I think that is a good place to leave it. Thanks so much for answering the questions today, Dave. I appreciate it. And I learned a lot. And thank you so much, Marge, for uh, joining us on the last episode of 20% Time for this season. We will be back in the future. Um, but until then, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, we will return in the future. Bye, everybody.